Section 7 of Dissertation on Oriental Gardening by Sir William Chambers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Yearsley. Such, as far as I am able to judge, continued our orator, is the true application of nature to horticulture, perhaps the only one that can be attempted with success. Wherever she is made in little or introduced upon a confined plan, the effect is always trifling and bad, as will appear to any man of real taste who inspects the artificial scenery, even of your most approved gardens. Nature admits of no reduction in her dimensions. Trees will not grow in miniature, nor are her bold movements to be expressed upon the surface of a few acres, and, not to mention any of your performances, it is scarcely in the power of the most consummate art to imitate nature perfectly, nor, were it possible, could the most skilful arrangements acquire their true effect till after the expiration of many years. Our children may see the perfection of what we plant, we never can. Our Eastern artists, therefore, seldom attempt to create, but rather imitate, the tonsor, the habit-maker, the posture-master, and all the other polishers of man, who dispose, decorate, cleanse, clip, and add grace to what is already formed to their hands. To make nature, they say, is tedious and difficult beyond conception, but she may soon be embellished, her redundancies suppressed, her faults corrected, her wants supplied, her beauties improved and set to view. The truth of these assertions is, I think, apparent in many of your famous plantations, but the beauties of improved natural scenery, the defects of artificial, are nowhere so strongly marked as at B-M, the most magnificent seat I have yet seen in Europe. On our entrance into the park we were astonished at the sight of a stupendous palace, surrounded with one of the most noblest scenes of nature that can be imagined. The extent is vast, the parts uncommonly large, the grounds naturally well contrasted, the transitions bold, the plantations in perfect maturity. What assistance was necessary from art has hitherto been judiciously administered. The removal of some trees has exposed to view beauties that seem before to have been concealed. The addition of some others has enriched parts that were bare, and the trifling, though very judicious, circumstance of raising a head at the end of a valley has obtained a very considerable lake of water, which enriches and enlivens all the prospects, and which, by following the natural bent or windings of the valley, has taken, without any assistance from art, the most picturesque forms that could be desired. In short, the whole is now admirable, and when improved to the utmost, according to the design of the munificent owner, will yet be more so. Ornaments to characterize the garden more strongly are yet wanting, and some masterly finishing touches still very necessary. One only little twining path, within ten cubits of the fence, is certainly not in character with the grandeur of the place, but the fence may be removed, and there is room even now on the declivity of the banks and by the sides of the lake for more considerable walks, with many recesses, 
which when made and decorated will add variety to grandieu and render the whole as entertaining and splendid as it is now great you enjoyed the sight of this noble prospect for more than a mile when the little path is suddenly turned into a little wood whence after having advanced a few paces you behold a piece of scenery all artificial which i cannot venture to describe in this presence some of you gentlemen have seen what it is and with all your national partiality must allow either that it proves the impossibility of creating nature with any degree of success or that the ablest of your countrymen have no talent that way to create or to improve are indeed very different operations the former of which requires infinitely the most skill it is ten times more difficult to paint a picture than to judge or suggest improvements in one already painted hitherto i have only described of b m what strangers usually see but the whole park above twelve miles in circumference and several farms adjoining to it are uncommonly beautiful rich in old planting in water and in a great variety of picturesque sights and points of view so that with a very little dressing and with some assistance from the sister arts of architecture and sculpture the whole might easily be converted into one large magnificent garden and give me leave to observe that these advantages are by no means peculiar to b m england boasts at least a hundred other places many as extensive most of them as capable of improvement in various ways which under the management of true artists might soon be made to rival the tse hu and chang lin of ancient days the even ming the chang chun even or any of the present splendid pleasure gardens of our sublime emperor kieng long the torch of the east and true descendant of te tsoi the provenance of heaven whom joss preserve in flesh and good spirits footnote tse hu and chang lin two celebrated parks which belonged to the emperors of the tai even ming even and chang chang even are gardens near peking belonging to the present emperors of china joss a corruption of dios god End footnote. it must however be confessed that there is an inconveniency subsisting amongst you which will always retard and often prevent the execution of this extensive plan of gardening it is the licentiousness of your youth and common people who delight in destroying every extraordinary thing that comes in their way if a great man plants trees to shade and beautify a road the people cut them down if statues or other pieces of sculpture are set to adorn places of public resort the boys pelt at them with stones till all their extremities are demolished wherever there are buildings or seats even in your royal gardens we see them constantly disfigured with scurrilous inscriptions or obscene rhymes and where there are any uncommon trees they are divested of every branch within reach the shrubs are robbed of their blossom the flowers are trodden under foot the birds and animals are destroyed 
in short no mischief that drunken mirth or deliberate malevolence can suggest is left undone what pity that such destructive brutality should exist in a country so particularly favoured by nature and so capable of improvement in the highest degree whilst in every other part of the world it is unknown almost unheard of but there is a strong tincture of the rhubarb in all human compositions and liberty which has so many advantages is nevertheless attended with some inconveniences of a very serious nature amongst which the ferocity of its lowest votaries is none of the least formidable since our arrival here last july i have seen at least twenty of their boisterous pranks in which not to enumerate the broken windows the bloody noses the kicks and the bastinados of other gentlemen i have myself been a melancholy sufferer upon various occasions particularly at portsmouth where i was thrown into the sea and narrowly escaped drowning for the diversion of the company would to heaven as i say to the mistress chetquas in a morning would to heaven my ducks we were well at chang chu fu again with all our long nails and all our whiskers about us the rigours of an emperor are less frightful to me than the frolics of a savage mob elevated to madness with songs of freedom and tons of strong beer it is easier to please a man with one good head than a monster with ten thousand all bad ones miau kau fan kai tsat pat kai tsai footnote miau kau and so on muttering expressions from huang so tsi or confucius End footnote. pardon this digression which the terrors of a disturbed imagination have drawn me into and permit your servant to reassume the thread of his discourse wherever the extent is considerable and the lands properly formed for the purpose the mode of natural gardening just recommended ought certainly to be employed in preference to any other as it surpasses all others in perfection and is yet most easily executed but in or near great cities where property is much divided on flats where nature has no play in all tame situations the richer and more artificial manner of our gardening is preferable because it may contain much variety in a small compass and corrects the natural defects of the ground more speedily more effectually with less charge than any other this manner is also properest for grounds that immediately surround elegant structures where order and symmetry are absolutely necessary and for many little enclosures or resting-places of various kinds that must always be dispersed in different parts of extensive plantations where nicety of dress and excessive decoration are in character and where they may be conveniently secured with stronger fences to guard them from public intrusion these choice pieces of cultivation are appropriated to the owner and his select friends set aside for convivial pleasures and enjoyments that can only be tasted in private they may be considered as more spacious apartments 
as habitations adapted to the milder seasons of the year in which art and nature unite to furnish a variety of whatever is beautiful elegant extraordinary or entertaining whilst the larger improvements are suited to the more open amusements of the owner contrived upon a bolder system for a more distant and cursory inspection they are a noble indication of his consequence a benevolent as well as artful tribute to the community which whilst it serves to multiply the conveniences or promote the innocent amusements of the public secures the popularity of the benefactor and marks in the strongest colours his power wealth and munificence how these considerations operate in england i who am a stranger cannot determine but in the kingdoms of the east they have great weight your connoisseurs will i know object to our artificial scenery which they consider as unnatural and represent as too expensive for imitation on the former of these points you have already heard my sentiments i need not now repeat them those who are not yet convinced may still feed on crabs and leave bananas to better heads till my arrival in england i never doubted but the appearance of art was admissible even necessary to the essence of a splendid garden and i am more firmly of that opinion after having seen your english gardens though the contrary is so violently maintained by your countrymen in opposition to the rest of the world to the practice of all other polished nations all enlightened ages and as far as i am able to judge in opposition to reason but your people delight in extremes and whenever they get upon a new scent pursue it with such rage that they always overshoot the bounds we admire nature as much as you do but being of a more phlegmatic disposition our affections are somewhat better regulated we consider how she may be employed upon every occasion to most advantage and do not always introduce her in the same garb but show her in a variety of forms sometimes naked as you attempt to do sometimes disguised sometimes decorated or assisted by art scrupulously avoiding in our most artless dispositions all resemblance to the common face of the country with which the garden is immediately surrounded being convinced that a removal from one field to another of the same appearance can never afford any particular pleasure nor ever excite powerful sensations of any kind if i must tell you my mind freely gentlemen both your artists and connoisseurs seem to lay too much stress on nature and simplicity they are the constant cry of every half-witted dabbler the burthen of every song the tune by which you are insensibly lulled into dullness and insipidity if resemblance to nature were the measure of perfection the waxen figures in fleet street would be superior to all the works of the divine buonarotti the trouts and woodcocks of elmer preferable to the cartoons of raphael but believe me too much nature is often as bad as too little as may be deduced from many examples obvious to every man conversant in polite knowledge whatever is familiar is by no means calculated to excite the strongest feelings 
and though a close resemblance to familiar objects may delight the ignorant yet to the skilful it has but few charms never any of the most elevated sort and is sometimes even disgusting without a little assistance from art nature is seldom tolerable she may be compared to certain viands either tasteless or unpleasant in themselves which nevertheless with some seasoning become palatable or when properly prepared compose a most exquisite dish and with respect to simplicity wherever more is admitted than may be requisite to constitute grandeur or necessary to facilitate conception it is always a fault to the human mind some exertion is always necessary it must be occupied to be pleased and is more satisfied with a treat than with a frugal repast for though it doth not delight in intricacies yet without a certain even a considerable degree of complication no grateful sensations can ever be excited excessive simplicity can only please the ignorant or weak whose comprehensions are slow and whose powers of combination are confined simplicity must therefore be used with discretion and the dose be adapted to the constitution of the patients amongst savages and hottentots where arts are unknown refinements unheard of an abundant portion may be necessary but wherever civilization has improved the mental faculties a little with proper management will go a very long way need i prove what the music poetry language arts and manners of every nation demonstrate beyond the possibility of a doubt another favourite word of your virtuosi is purity a word of which being a stranger i do not perhaps know the full value nor exactly in what sense it is applied to the art in question we are told that in the purity of gardening you were never equalled by any nation even that this boasted purity never appeared in any country but england it may be so your gardens have certainly been purged to the quick freed of every encumbrance and cleansed of every extrinsic redundancy so that nothing now remains but the genuine carcass in its native purity yet whether this quality which i apprehend is the only one that can positively be implied is a perfection or a blemish will always be disputed for though pure wine is without doubt a delicious beverage and preferable to that which is mixed yet pure water is very insipid and may be much mended by the additions of arrack lemon and sugar to turn it into punch and ninety-nine persons in a hundred will maintain that your pure gardens might be much improved by the addition of embellishments proper to produce variety and set off the vegetation to advantage for vary your trees and shrubs as much as possible combine them in every imaginable arrangement they are still but trees and shrubs they can impress but a very few images upon the mind of the spectator and only affect his senses with very slight perceptions footnote for though pure wine and so on it is remarkable that our orator draws most of his similes and allusions either from the kitchen or the cellar 
whether this particularity proceeded from any skill of his in the culinary art from his affection for good living or from any other hidden motive or whether it was merely accidental the editor could never learn with any degree of certainty End footnote. that our artificial style of gardening is expensive is doubtless true yet certainly not ruinously so in my former voyage i knew an unfortunate prince who on a very moderate allowance from his relations supported a court in splendour and with the surplus formed one of the most extraordinary as well as magnificent artificial gardens i ever saw it is surprising what good management will do where management is necessary but you are too rich ever to need it in anything i have seen more money expended here in digging an ugly pond than would have completed a whole garden elsewhere yet after all the pond would never hold water but to proceed you have all seen what the french have done at versailles marly trianon st claude liancourt and chagny the italians near rome at tivoli at frescati and in many other parts of italy i do not here enter into the merit of these works but they are certainly as costly perhaps more so than any of ours yet these were done by foreigners of different denominations all without the least help of magic you are richer than they you may with some trouble acquire their skill it is hoped you have already more than their spirit be not therefore afraid to attempt what they have already long since accomplished i have formerly told you what sort of art we employ in our chinese gardening i now recommend it to your imitation and though in general your european artificial manner appears not to me perfect yet doth it contain many things highly deserving notice which you have imprudently laid aside without substituting any equivalent to instance the gardens of france they are i will allow sufficiently extravagant you hear of nothing but islands of love or halls of festivity every recess is the retreat of a god every prospect a scene of enchantment like their petit maîtres they are all out of nature all affectation yet it is an affectation often delightful and absurdity generally overflowing with taste and fancy in their best works there is such a mysterious pleasing intricacy in the disposition such variety in the objects so much splendour and animation in the scenery and so much skill apparent in the execution of every part that the attention of the spectator never flags the succession is so rapid that he is hurried on from one exhibition to another with his mind constantly upon the stretch he has only time to be pleased there is no leisure to reflect none to be disgusted with the extravagance of what he sees if their gardens are less rational than yours they are certainly much more entertaining and though upon the whole they can by no means be proposed as models for imitation yet are there many things to be borrowed from them which might be adopted by you with considerable advantage i may say the same with regard to the italian gardens of which the style is less affected less extravagant than in those of france the heat of the climate obliges the inhabitants to seek for shade the walks are sheltered 
the plantations close whence their compositions have a gloom and an air of solitude that are exceedingly awful there is a grandeur of manner in all their works seldom to be met with elsewhere which about rome and in some other parts of italy is greatly heightened by the majestic face of nature framed upon a larger scale and broken into nobler forms than in most other countries their vegetation too is uncommonly picturesque the abundance of water with which they are everywhere supplied enables them to form a thousand pleasing combinations and the venerable vestiges of ancient structures which rear their decaying heads above the plantations add surprisingly to the dignity of the scenery at every step the admiration of the spectator is excited by statues therms bas-relief sarcophagi urns vases and other remains of ancient splendour or he is delighted with the productions of modern artists ingeniously imagined well executed and skilfully disposed it is not easy to conceive anything more entertaining to a man of taste than an italian garden in which amidst a profusion of pleasing objects the same elegance of choice the same elevation of style so conspicuous in the sculpture and painting of the great italian schools is everywhere prevalent to branch out into farther descriptions of your continental gardens is perhaps superfluous and may be thought foreign to the present purpose as some of them differ very little from those just mentioned and others are too trifling or imperfect to deserve any notice yet permit me before i finish to give a slight sketch of the dutch gardening from which i am apt to believe your ideas of the artificial style are chiefly collected and your extraordinary aversion to it principally owing in holland parterre embroidered in box brick dust sea coal and broken porcelain are everywhere admired no garden is perfect that is not surrounded with a wet ditch and many lust-houses hanging over it for smoking tobacco nor is there any elegance without some tons of lead transformed into skating dutchmen harlequins and fluting shepherdesses all richly painted in proper colours azure flower-pots with gilt handles are seen in every corner and golden mercury are perched like birds upon every pinnacle every pass is guarded by pasteboard grenadiers and fame straddling over the entrance displays a dutch label to the passenger telling the name and beauties of the place the virtues and moral opinions of the proprietor these particularities with all the formal absurd parts of the french gardening make an eden in holland a thing too ridiculous to be out of humour with anywhere tis a pity it had so serious an effect upon you you are a wise people yet in the reformation of gardening you have followed the beaten road of ignorance to avoid one fault you have run headlong into another its opposite because in the old gardening art order and variety were carried to an extravagant excess you have in the new almost totally excluded them all three to mend an exuberant fantastic dress you have stripped stark naked and to heal a distempered limb you have like some famous surgeons of our day chopped it entirely off all connoisseurs amongst you and even amongst us agree in despising our enchanted or supernatural scenery 
which they say is trifling absurd extravagant abounding in conceits and boyish tricks that operating chiefly by surprise it has little or no effect after a first or second inspection and consequently can afford no pleasure to the owner yet our best artists who have no excessive reverence for the decrees of connoisseurs and who think the owner is not the only person to be entertained often introduce it either where the plan is extensive and admits of many changes or where the ground is barren of natural varieties saying in their vindication that it serves as an interlude between more serious expositions that at a treat there should be meats for every palate in a shop of general resort goods for every fancy in a garden designed for public inspection exhibitions of every kind that all may find something to their liking and none go away disappointed or dissatisfied and as at a feast men eat of what they best relish without mumbling the rest of the dishes but leave them untainted for others to feed upon so in a garden if a man be too wise to laugh or be pleased with trifles he may pass them over unnoticed among the multitude there are many fancies to gratify children old women eunuchs and pleasure misses ought to be diverted as well as sages mandarins or connoisseurs footnote in china they have an innumerable multitude of connoisseurs and critics who with a very superficial knowledge a few general maxims and some hard words boldly decide on subjects they do not understand hence the whole fraternity is fallen into disrepute they have indeed like us some real connoisseurs amongst them but these are very rare in china End footnote. it is not every one say they that enjoys the force or fierceness of grand compositions to some they are even terrifying weak minds delight in little objects which are easiest adapted to their confined comprehensions as children are better pleased with a puppet show than with more serious or noble performances thus they reason and say moreover that as the principal parts of this supernatural gardening consists in a display of many surprising phenomena and extraordinary effects produced by air fire water motion light and gravitation they may be considered as a collection of philosophical experiments exhibited in a better manner upon a larger scale and more forcibly than is common in that light they think even men of sense may venture to look at them without impeachment of their understanding to admire what is ingenious new or extraordinary and stare at what they do not comprehend whether the connoisseurs or the artists are most in the wrong i will not decide you gentlemen must determine for yourselves some free expressions relative to your gardeners constitute a heavy part of the charge exhibited against me it seems therefore necessary in alleviation of this high offence to declare that whatever has been said on that subject was with an eye to the general character of the fraternity and by no means levelled at yon stately gentleman in the black periwig as he has been pleased to maintain it could not be my business to mark out individuals either by excessive praise which was perhaps expected 
or by more poignant censure such conduct must have been fawning in one instance invidious in both for there is no exalting one phenomenon without proportionably degrading the rest as in a draw-well one bucket can never rise but when the other sinks if a man far outstrips his brothers he will of course be distinguished if only a little his safest station is in the crowd and really it is odd that any one should officiously have stepped out of the ranks insisting like master dogberry in the play upon his exclusive title where nothing partial was even distantly hinted at no names mentioned nor anything said that was not full as applicable to the brotherhood in general as to the sagacious claimant in particular but man lup jau kai tai kop tau hai there is reason to believe from various hints which have been dropped by gentlemen here present that the veracity of jetqua's description is doubted nay that the gardens described are supposed to have no existence but in chetqua's brain be it so my friends i shall not seek to refute what you seem so strongly disposed to believe it is not at present material for the end of all that i have said was rather as an artist to set before you a new style of gardening than as a traveller to relate what i have really seen and notwithstanding your strictures you all seemed satisfied even entertained with the description there is no doubt but the reality like all other realities would affect you still more strongly than the picture i have endeavoured to show how that may be obtained the rest is left to those it most concerns the ingenious the wealthy and the great who have power and inclinations to execute what i attempt to plan my part is done as far as i am able to do it theirs may begin when they think fit and although they may at first be embarrassed in the execution of a system so much more complicated and dependent on genius on skill and on nice judgment than that which has hitherto been pursued yet there is no doubt but practice and perseverance will by degrees dispel every difficulty it is at least glorious to hazard arduous attempts and more honourable even to fail in manly pursuits than to succeed in trifling childish enterprises let the timid or the feeble meanly creep upon the earth with uniform sluggard pace but the towering spirit must attempt a nobler flight and climb the paths that lead to fame now gaily sporting on the slippery surface as doth the gentle graceful lizard now thundering up the precipice with the tremendous dragon's stride now soaring to the top stately and splendid as the imperial bird when with his glittering crest and twelve irradiant wings he comes upon the morning's light while myriads of the warbling tribes at awful distance crowd the vaulted air adore their king and with loud songs of frantic joy shake the firm earth and all yon starry heaven footnote the imperial bird or foeng hoang is a fabulous being of the nature of the phoenix by the chinese poets accounted the emperor of birds 
as the dragon is of all the scaly tribe he is said never to appear but in great pomp attended by a numerous train of all the most brilliant and extraordinary of the volatile race End footnote. from the whole tenor of this discourse and indeed from the substance of the first dissertation it is evident gentlemen that your servant chetqua has no aversion to natural gardening but is on the contrary a zealous advocate in its favour wherever there is room to expand and work upon a great scale or where it can conveniently and with propriety be introduced the style which in england has been adopted preferable to others is not what appears to him reprehensible but he laments the little use you have made of your adoption and apprehends your partiality is too excessive while you obstinately refuse the assistance of almost every extraneous embellishment and persist in an indiscriminate application of the same manner upon all occasions however opposite or ill-adapted and often where no probability of success appears natural gardening when treated upon an extensive plan when employed with judgment and conducted with art is perhaps as superior to all other sorts of culture as heroic verse is to every other species of writing but there are many occasions where neither the one nor the other can with the least propriety be employed where they would only serve to give a ridicule to the whole composition and where different or less elevated modes of expression are on all accounts preferable artists of other professions vary their manners of applying to the human affections suiting them to the circumstances or nature of the subjects before them and they are oftenest indebted to these variations for their success why then should gardeners always confine themselves to the same tract and torture all dispositions to adapt them to the same method like that tyrant of old who stretched or mutilated every guest till he fitted a particular bed can they hope to succeed by means which others have found ineffectual or is it reasonable to suppose that nature will change her course to please their fancy variety is a powerful agent without the assistance of which little can be effected it captivates even with trifles and when united to perfection has charms which nothing can resist the most exquisite pictures of nature receive additional beauties from a judicious apposition of art and the confined uniform tasteless walk of imitation which you have unfortunately fallen into must have many helps to make it even tolerable a thousand enlivening additions to animate its native dullness thus i have considered every part of my first discourse and offered in its vindication what immediately occurs to me perhaps with more leisure i might have contrived a better speech and a stronger defence but the hurry of face-making is such that there is scarcely time to eat rice or drink brandy much less to think footnote hurry of face-making the chinese call portrait painting or modelling portraits in coloured clay which was chetqua's particular profession face-making eat rice or drink brandy the chinese call dining eating rice 
and their common liquors at meals are spirits of various sorts End footnote. i never frequent my wives but by night i have only heard one of them scold and seen the others by twilight these six months judge then what can be expected from chet qua the little knowledge he has or thinks he has is freely communicated to his neighbours he wishes it were more and better yet such as it is he flatters himself it will be kindly received and that his neighbours will use what may be useful without kicking too violently at the rest finis end of dissertation on oriental gardening by sir william chambers